Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtics win 99 to 81 over the Kings Wednesday night in the first game that they know that they don't have for John Rondo. This is the Garden Report on Celtics Blog and CLNS Radio. All right, it's a late night show. We're a late night crew. Evan Quincy, Jimmy Toscano, and Jared White. They're from Celtics Blog. I'm from CLNS Radio. The Celtics win this one 99 to 81. Over the Kings, uh, they were more like the Suns tonight because they did not exist for the second, or at least the first, uh, second like quarter of the game. That's right, yeah, just came up with that one. Uh, it was a very good second quarter for the Celtics, where they scored 37 points and shot 16 for 19 from the field. And that's all with Paul Pierce not even scoring until there's about three minutes left in that quarter. So we'll talk about how this new offense looks. Is it even a new offense? There is definitely a new backcourt happening right now, though. And then uh, Jared Solinger left in the first quarter with back spasms. He did not return. Uh, no current timetable on him. We'll hear from Doc. Uh, doesn't mean there's no timetable for his return, but we don't know how bad it is. Hour to hour right now. Uh, and this show is about to go minute to minute. Uh, Evans, we'll start with you. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, we are going to ball out, by the way, at the end of the show. We always do that. Uh, we'll start with you. By the way, just want to credit Jimmy. He said it before we're on the air. Uh, we oh. did our all-star snubs uh, a couple a couple shows ago. He picked Brooke Lopez, who is no longer an all-star snub. So, Jimmy Tassano, congratulations. Lucky guess which conference is a guy get hurt. Which I mean, clearly the Western player gets hurt, the Marcus Sol gets hit, whatever. Clearly means that David turns the fan of the show. So we already knew Good that. to have you, Dave. Uh, so, if you're upset about Rondo, blame this guy. This guy had an injury. Paid some money. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> At least not fumbling your pen away like you were earlier. Thank me at the end of the season when the Celtics are the fourth or fifth season. There we go. Uh, so we'll stop dreaming and we'll start talking about the actual game that happened tonight. Uh, we had a new offensive system tonight. It was not based on dribble penetration from Rajon Rondo because Rajon Rondo's not playing right now. So they had to find a new way. They had to find a new way to kind okay. of get the ball in there. Uh, and they did it by kind of running a Spurs-style offense of just kind of swinging the ball kind of getting guys moving around the wings and being able to just have really good multi-directional ball movement. But it really started with Paul Pierce being the point forward that we've seen him, you know, be when he has to be uh, for the Celtics, especially before Rajon Rondo was really to take, really ready to take over in the key moments for this team. So, Evans, do you think that this point forward system is going to work? And I mean, it clearly worked tonight. Well, I wouldn't reduce it to quite that. I mean, I wouldn't say that Paul Pierce is the guy running the offense. It's more... You know, Pierce will run some plays, and Courtney Lee will run some, and Avery Bradley will run some, and there's no one set guy that controls the offense every single possession. And it's hard to guard against a team like that. They're just so unpredictable right now. 
And it's unpredictable in a good way. They're not making mistakes. They're sharing the ball and playing good team basketball. It, you, you said Spurs style, which I think is a great way of describing it, because, you know, the Spurs, what they do really well is they make good decisions. You know, when, when it's their shot, they shoot it. When it's not, they pass. They just, they're really smart with the ball. And the Celtics were that tonight. They're really smart and team-oriented. Yeah, he literally said what I was going to say about being smart. And I think the Spurs are like the Western Conference Celtics in a way because if they've got the older players, they're just likely to be smart. And now the Celtics are moving the ball. Like, and I think it's like you don't know. You don't know what to expect. You don't know if it's going to be Terry or if it's going to be Bradley or Lee or Pierce. And I think, you know, we talk about Pierce. You know it's the, not Jeff Green. You know it's not Jeff Green. Uh, you talk about the point forward. I mean, I think as Doc was saying, Pierce is playing a little too much point, a little not enough forward tonight. But I think that's one of those things that, He's going to figure it out. It's going to be a game-by-game thing. It's working with him bringing the ball up and, and being the facilitator more so than he's going to go with it. And if it's not, then maybe it's Terry. And that's sort of the beauty of it. And I think that there was a might have been a time in, when Rondo was in the court that players depended on him too much and they kind of stood around too much. And now that they are finding it within themselves, like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Oh, yeah, I, I can dribble myself. I can, you know, go without the ball. I can, yeah. you know, spot up and shoot. I don't, I'm not just watching Rondo do everything and waiting for him to choose me to be the guy. Exactly. Let's take a look at what Doc said. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about how they're able to get a little bit more inventive for the rest of the unit now that Rondo isn't helming the offense. You know, listen, that's how we have to play, though, overall. It's just simple, good basketball, uh, bounce the ball, move the ball. You You know, I got on Paul at the beginning of the game because I thought he was trying to be the facilitator. He must have read, read some of y'all dumbass articles. Um, and then once he started moving the ball, he was great because he's still our scorer. I said, Paul, you're still our scorer, by the way. You know. Uh, but overall, I thought everybody just, just played their role and then played great. So Paul needed to be the scorer for this team. But just going back to the Spurs comparison, what's really good about the Spurs offense, the reason why they've always worked is because they had a bunch of guys that were good ball movers, and all their plays have options on them. And the Celtics and I were running some of these plays. Like the one that I that I uh, was talking to, I think it was Gethin Coolbaugh, so I can't get any credit from you guys, talking to Gethin Coolbaugh from NBN on uh, NBC.com about a play that really works for Jason Terry, because they haven't been able to really run plays that work for Jason Terry, is you have kind of a staggered screen set up where you have they ran it with Wilcox and Bass. You have Wilcox close into the rim, Bass outside. Both of them set a pick. You have Wilcox roll, and you have Bass kind of pop out. So you can get either a mid-range shot from Bass or a rolling uh, dump down to Wilcox. And it's a kind of the Spurs philosophy of just running plays where you have multiple passing options right. on every single play. And you have two equally acceptable outcomes where you're trying to get the ball to shoot. Now, I know the couple times that they tried running that play, it didn't really work as well because they weren't really executing, let's say, as hard as humanly possible on this pick, or at least on those rolls and pops there. But, do you, Jimmy, do you think that the, they have the guys in place that can handle running that kind of option-based offense? Oh, yeah. They've got guys who can do multiple things. I mean, their bigs are outside shooters who run off the play inside when they want to. And their guards can, I mean, we see how their guards and their forwards can stretch the floor from three-point to mid-range. And they're also athletic enough to get to move, like Lee and, and Green, those guys. They can do it all. So, I mean, as you said, you know, if you create the options, those guys are going to be able to do, you know, they'll be ready, they'll be in a position to do what you need them to do if they get the ball. You know, if the, whoever has the ball, you know, chooses to go to them or they have multiple you know, choices to go with. The other thing about having a Spurs-style offense is that every single guy on that Spurs team has the confidence to take a shot when it's there. The Celtics, I mean, they've had some, you know, I don't want to name names, but, you know, Jeff Green, Brandon Bass. They've had some guys who have been a little bit... I'm going to name names, sorry. 
who've been a little bit hesitant to take their shot. And, yeah. and it, it's not going to work unless every single guy knows where his shot is on the floor, when, when he should take it. And it's just, like, like we were saying earlier, you know, people were waiting for Rondo to give them their shot to be the guy. And now they've all got to have the initiative themselves to just take right. the shot and not wait for Rondo to call the shots for them. Right, and, and when they get the ball, decide. You know, I think Doc did tonight, you know, just be decisive. Or yeah. Was Pierce, one or the other, like, don't hesitate. And I think when you miss shots like Bass has and like, like Jet was doing, you are going to hesitate because you're going to look for another guy because you don't, you know, you're not feeling it, you're doubting yourself. So I think, you know, the main thing with this team, and sometimes they have it, sometimes they don't, it's confidence. When they're winning, we, we've seen them go on crazy winning streaks, but we've also seen them go on some pretty bad losing streaks too, and they're very streaky, and I think they're still going to be streaky without Rondo, but, uh, you know, when, when they've got it going, like they did tonight at points, you know, the shots are falling, like third quarter. Yeah, I mean, what, what Doc said after the game was just, Keep it simple. If your shot's there, take it. If, it's, if you're guarded and the shot's not yeah. there, pass it. Just you know, make the obvious decision. Don't try to overthink it. Don't try to do anything too fancy. Keep it simple. Okay, we want to get, talk about guys that are just simply defensive, maybe. Uh, you got the Pipples, I think Courtney is trying to label them. Avery Bradley and uh, Courtney Lee. Oh. oh. Too oh. soon. God. Too soon. Oh. oh, too soon. What do you mean? It's only been like five years. You need at least 20 years to pull out that choice. All right, well. Been Don't tell him in 20 years. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, we're not cutting that out of the show. Uh, so, no. Uh, so, Avery Bradley, who kind of looks like a pit bull or a pug or something like that. But, um, he acts like one of them. He certainly does. You know, those guys are pretty swarming on defense tonight. You just look at the matchups. Isaiah Thomas went 2 for 10. Uh, Tyreek went 7 for 15. He had a pretty solid game, although I thought most of that really came in the second half for him. Uh, and then, uh, looking for Marcus Thornton here, he only took seven shots. He was one for four from deep. They pretty much kept the offense from the guards at bay. It really forced either Tyreek or DeMarcus to go one-on-one. Uh, before we even talk about them, let's take a look at what Avery had to say. Definitely um, compliment each other. Um, on the defensive end and the offensive end, we're both able to bring the ball up. And, um, you know, when I'm pressuring the guy and I get tired, Courtney pressures him. So, um he compliments me a lot. He's a, he's a great player, great teammate. So Avery talked about how they're able to basically switch off taking the responsibility. Now, those are two guys that are very well-conditioned. You know, those are guys that can really run. But even if you're in amazing shape, you're still going to be tired after 30 minutes of play. So being able to have those guys switch off who covers the top guy, because let's face it, Rondo has not really been playing great one-on-one defense for about two or three seasons. Are you sure? Pretty sure. sure you about it. That? Yeah, I've been. Oh, I've been saying. I've been saying that for a while now. Yeah, like, no, I've been disappointed with Rondo's his lack very of defense. The last two or three games, I'm telling you. <laughs> Even before that, though, I mean, yeah, no, on serious right. note, he you know, he does take games. He's off. taken a lack of value of one on one. I mean, when he yeah, first yeah. came into the league, he was he was known first for his defense. Known sure. Rondo now he's known only for passing and you know facilitating and being a good floor general. But it, it, he uses so much energy, I think, on the offense, and where he kind of saved it on the defense. But you know, Avery, I'm sorry, I'll cut you off. Because Avery, Avery doesn't save it. We're going to make you save it. Because Avery doesn't save the energy at all. He goes all right, out. He goes right, all right. out on defense. He always is trying to run a half court trap all by himself, even right. when nobody else is up for it. Uh, but he also moves really well off the ball offensively and cuts back door a lot. But I wanted to focus specifically on the defense because that was I thought really was the difference for them tonight. Evans was that their ball pressure forces so much more transition because they make it so hard 
for teams to get into the paint is forcing long rebounds that makes it easy to get in transition, or they're forcing turnovers. And this team wants to be a transition team more than ever right now because it's going to be a lot harder for them to execute in the half court. So they did it tonight. I mean, how do you think it looked tonight? Oh, amazing. I mean, those two guys controlled the tempo of the game all by themselves. It was, it was amazing. There was one play where Avery Bradley missed a corner three on offense, and he runs down the floor in like four seconds. And he gets a defensive rebound like four seconds later on the other end of the floor. And I was just like, how in the world did he just do that? I mean, He's done that a few times in the past couple weeks. The, the, the yeah. speed that those two guys showed going up and down the floor is just up. incredible. Yeah. And, and the, I mean, Courtney Lee and Avery Riley both are, pardon the cliche, but they're hungry, you know. Avery Riley was out for two months with an injury. Uh, Courtney Lee was buried behind Jason Terry on the depth chart. Both of those guys wanted to get out there and play. They wanted to prove themselves, and they couldn't do it. Now they're out there, and they've just been holding it in all season, ready to just Burst of his energy, and they've been amazing on the floor so far. That's a really good point. So, you know, holding it all back, like Avery yeah. watching and watching and waiting. And we, you know, there were some games where he was getting like 10 or less minutes, and he was yeah. probably wondering to himself, you know, what do I got to do to get out here? And I don't think he ever, you know, he never had a bad attitude about it. I just think he's just been waiting for his opportunity, and now here it is. And, and like you said, they're showing it on both ends. They're energetic, they're in your face on defense, and they're getting out in the break on offense. and I mean, that one play with Bradley tonight, the block on Isaiah Thomas, oh I mean, that was like LeBron James <laughs> coming from behind the trailer block. That was that was great. I, mean, I don't know. I think that was more Avery Bradley coming from behind. He's made a habit of that. Also right. more goaltending, yeah. but it's still okay, awesome. Okay. No, I, I don't think the refs, the refs could have called, clearly have seen that as goaltending. I mean, it was right mm. to the point of, you can't take away from the, you can't take away from what he did, though, whether it was goaltending or not. Awesome play. Sure. He it came all awesome. the way back, and when Pierce was just trotting at that point, I mean, that was an easy two, I think. Isaiah was thinking, okay, here's the layup for me, and then... All of a sudden, no, you know, you're not going to get that from me. So, do you? Avery said, you're not going to get that from me. Okay, so great Avery Bradley impression. Yeah, you got the voice down. That was great. Uh, but I heard it from up here. Do you think that this? Because basically, Avery and Courtney are two guys that are good. Courtney has been inconsistent this year, but off the ball shooting guards, basically, yeah. they're guys that aren't ball dominant shooting guards. They work well with making backdoor cuts, getting into transition, spotting up. So how does this, if, if you're not going to go with Pierce running, take a roll of pop, how else would they try to create plays for themselves? It's just going to be that by committee, right? I mean, like, I think they're just going to take turns play after play. Like, one guy breaks the ball up, and the next guy does, and the next guy does. I mean, like, Avery Bradley has some experience playing the point. He did it in high school and college, and it was only when he got here and he had Rajon Rondo blocking him that he moved to the two. I mean, so he knows how to bring the ball to the floor, and Courtney Lee does too, but none of them is just going to take the, the job full-time and just keep it. I mean, it's not going to be that simple, I don't think. I mean, it's just game-by-game basis, like Evan said. I mean, whatever whatever the defense is giving you, you take it. And that's what Doc says. You know, make the quick decision. If there's a guy that you think has a better shot, they should if not be aggressive, take the shot, drive the hoop. I mean, Courtney Lee, he, he, can, he can be a scorer. I mean, when he was on the Rockets, he obviously had a bigger role on the offense, on offense than he does in the Celtics. So, I think he's going to have to find that little bit of Courtney Lee and bring it, to, you know, bring it over here now. Yeah, and... uh just with Avery especially, they're not gonna be they're not gonna be able to run the pick and roll and be able to make the passing decisions right out the gate. So I think what they tried to do tonight was make sure that they always had either Paul or Terry out there because both of those guys run the pick and roll. And that seemed to work for them is that they had ter- Terry I think had four assists. I mean there weren't really there weren't gonna be a lot ton of assists in this game just because right. the second half was kind of a blowout situation. That's when it tends to go away from you. Um but as long as Doc can manage a rotation where either Terry or Pierce are always on the floor, they're always going to have someone that can manage to run just basic pick-and-roll sets and stuff like that and be able to do some bailout offensively sure. when they need to. And honestly, Terry should be able to click with KG the way, in a, in a similar way that he clicked with Dirk. 
you know, with the pig and the pops and all that stuff. So I, I think that that's something that they're going to find. All right, well, let's go straight to the following up. Uh, just a quick update before we do that. We'll take a look at what Doc had to say. Uh, but Jared Solinger missed, uh, he was out in the first quarter with back spasms. He didn't return to the game. Let's just take a look at what Doc had to say. Yeah, it was big for him, you know. Um, so, yes, I'm, I was very happy for him. Brandon is just not, it's like Jet for that one stretch. Sometimes you just need to see the ball go in the net. Uh, and then once he did that, and a couple times you can see him get more aggressive. Was, was Solinger's back bothering him before the game? I think it was bothering him in the draft. <laughs> you know, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, so I just think, honestly, I, I know Eddie said something a week or two ago that it's, it's been bothering him. Uh, and I think this will be what he'll have. We'll have this, these episodes, and uh, we've got to get him through it. Hopefully he doesn't miss games with him. Uh, but if he does, he does, and then um, get it right and come back. So, you know, Doc said that Soli's thing is kind of been something that they've been dealing with, which is funny because we haven't heard a freaking word about it <laughs> so far this year. And we thought that the whole back thing was a mirage. It turns out maybe it wasn't after all. Uh, but, I mean, we don't really know anything about that until tomorrow, it looks like. Uh, but let's focus on Brandon tonight. We had a good game. And like Doc said, he's one of those guys that if he sees – it's just like with Jeff Green. He clanks the first one, it's not going to be a good night. But if he gets a couple shots going, gets some good looks going, he's going to be okay. And he had the first – his first I think it was just about his first shot of the game was one where he kind of was driving on for the pick and roll, and he saw Jason Thompson, and he just stopped short and put up like a bunny, and, and he bricked it. Yeah. And we were like, it's going to be one of those nights where Brandon's going to be scared to shoot. But then he came down a couple plays later. Later and he went baseline and threw it down. I think it was Silver Toss himself. So Brandon was able to be resilient tonight. He hasn't really been too resilient for most of the year. But I mean, Evans, just quickly your take. Do you think that Brandon gets a change of pace when he actually put doesn't have to worry about Soli being there in front of him because Soli is injured for that game? I, I I hope he doesn't think that way. I hope he just you know approaches his minutes as his minutes to do whatever he wants with them and not not think about other guys in the rotation. I, I don't know though. I mean, it, it's hard to. You know, these guys are human, and they think about their job security all the time, I'm sure. But um, it's a tough question. I don't know. I don't think I don't think so, because I know that, that it wasn't like a – what Selinger left wasn't like a Rondo type injury where, I mean, Selinger could have walked back out here at any moment, and Bass would have been completely fine. I think it's just Bass in his, in his own mind, like Doc said, you know, seeing the shot fall, because he's honestly not good enough on the defensive end to warrant playing 25, 30 minutes a game if, he's not, if that shot's not falling or if he's not being – more aggressive down low or grabbing boards or what what have you. So to see the shots fall tonight, what was he, four for seven? Mm-hmm. And also three steals tonight, which is actually really impressive as well. To see that happening, it, it's only a good thing for his confidence and hopefully going forward, coming off the bench, maybe that's a good thing for him too, the energy that he brings off the bench. All right, well, let's go to Baller of the Night. Let's end the show by just dishing out some balling awards. Evans, we'll start with you because you're the furthest away from me and I can barely hear you. Okay. Who's your Baller of the Night? I'm going to go with Courtney Lee. And usually I'm thinking about, you know, looking at points and rebounds and assists and looking for the big numbers. Courtney Lee, not a lot of stats, you know, 9.3, 3 assists. But he, I said this earlier, he controlled the tempo of the game. Actually, the way he was running up and down the floor making plays. And I really thought on, on both ends he was just so influential. And, you know, he looked like 26 minutes. He wasn't, you know, a huge impact player on the stat sheet, but he really just controlled the game with his, with his speed and his tempo. I thought he was great. And here's the great thing about tonight is you can't look at the stat sheet and say, wow, this guy played above and beyond everybody else. And that's honestly what we're going to get from this team, I think, because of Rondo Dunn. And it spreads the minutes, it spreads the, the numbers out. You get the bench at 50 points tonight, and you got the stars at 49. So I'm going to say just caging because 
Um, he's the glue guy, I think, especially with Rondo now. He's the guy they're going to probably run, be running some things through more, picking rolls, making pops, that sort of thing. And I think that tonight he had an all-around solid game, 13 points, 9 boards, 5 assists. So that's a really an all-around game for him. All right, and I'm doing Jason Terry just because we haven't really gotten the chance to do Jason Terry yet this year, no matter how much I might drive you crazy, Evan. Uh, but they need him to go back to being a good point, you know, kind of pseudo-point guard like yeah. he always has been, a pick-and-roll running scorer. They, he hasn't really been doing it this year. I was looking at the stat sheet after the game. He's averaging 10 points a game this year. Yeah. Do either of you believe that? It, I mean, obviously uh, it's true, but like, aren't you kind of shocked to find out that he actually is averaging double digits because it doesn't feel like it at all? It does, but at the same time, I feel like ten's not a ton, but it does feel like he's had some really it's bad stinkers. Compared to how he's looked so far this year. But what I, what I also yeah. found real quick, what I found was interesting online at 82games.com, is he's actually, I think, second in the, on the team in plus-minus overall, if you can believe that. I think he's a plus-8 going yeah, because his minutes have been going down so it much. It could be, but, I, yeah. but between him and Lee, I think that, like, there's two guards that their plus-minus has been the best of the year. And, I mean, yeah. they're obviously going to be getting a lot more time with Rondo. But watching Terry tonight... I've been saying it for the past couple of days. We've all been kind of saying it, is that Terry needs to be able to run the offense like he did in Dallas because he was when they, Dallas was good, he would take over fourth quarters and run the offense mm-hmm. for a fourth yeah. quarter. They need him to be able to do that for this team because you can get Paul, you can get even a little bit of Jeff Green, you can get Courtney and Avery kind of trading off to run for a lot of the game. But you're going to need an eight minute stretch for Jason Terry to take over the game by himself sure. when they're going to win the game, and he's starting to take steps towards that. And it's not going to happen overnight for this team. Right. But tonight was great because you saw that they knew that Rondo was gone. They knew yep. what they had to do for the season. And pretty much everybody did what they hoped for. You're not going to get all these guys scoring 16 points because there's just not enough shots going around for them to be able to sure. do that. But in a game where they only took 74 shots, they were incredibly efficient. And they moved the ball pretty well at a good pace. Agree. I mean, I agree. I think it's going to be one of those. One of that, those this, this is them kind of now. What they're going to be like, so get used to it. And if they come out, if they're coming out and drop, they're dropping 99, 200 points. Good to see. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if we didn't mention, they played the Kings tonight. So. Right. Oh. Who blew them out earlier this year, though? Like, that's true. That is true. So. During their lowly uh, West Coast swing, it seems right. to be everything. That was a low point. All right. Well, they have an East Coast swing where they play in Boston, then they go all the way back to Boston, then they go back to Boston again. We'll see you Friday night for the Orlando game, and then we got the Clippers Sunday, and then the Lakers on Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun in La La Land uh, coming up soon. Lucas is raising the roof behind us because he uses moves from the 90s. Uh, Evans and Jimmy are kind of chuckling right now. They're from Celtics Blog. My name is Jared Weiss from CLNS Radio. This show, because I didn't mention it before, it's on iTunes and it's on YouTube as a video. So if you want to see our faces, watch us on Celtics Blog or CLNS Radio. If you never, ever want to see my face again, listen on iTunes so you can hear my silky voice. Uh, for Evans, for Jimmy, my name is Jared Weiss. Celtics win 90-90-81. This is the Garden Report on Celtics Blog and CLNS Radio. Man, 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 man.